You're about to listen to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 5, Episode 6. My guest today is Letitia Vito. It's her second appearance on the podcast. Today we talk about workers during and post the COVID pandemic. Is it is it a future of work? Is it a future of resignation? Is it a new future? Ready to hear more about how we can work and how we can live more fully? Let's get started. Welcome to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 5, Episode 6. It's your host, Mitch, and I am really excited about today's guest, Letitia Vito. I had Letitia back a couple of seasons ago, and um, very interesting person. So Letitia's French. She's actually currently based in Germany, and the story, if you if you don't remember from my last podcast, is I've got a really good friend who's French, lives in France, um, who is a guest on the podcast as well. His name is Jean-Christophe Baudet, and his wife, Valerie, um, was sharing with me a, a blog, um, a, a, a newsletter um, by Letitia, and they said, Mitch, we think you'd be really enjoy reading Letitia's writings. So I did. I've, you know, I really respect Valerie's, um, her recommendations. I always have good books, you know, good movies. She's very insightful, interesting woman. When she suggested that I read Letitia's um, blog um, slash newsletter, I took her up on it because I knew she made good recommendations. And I really was struck by Letitia's insights, her writing style. Um, very conversational, but also very informative, um, very insightful. So I invited Letitia onto my podcast, and I was thrilled. We had such an interesting conversation. And so fast forward to a few months ago. So that was this is probably back in October. Now we're in January, so maybe three months ago. Anyway, Letitia reaches out to me on LinkedIn to talk a little bit about what was becoming the great resignation. I called it I called it the great reset because I saw we both saw that workers and 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 employers were both kind of in the middle of recalibrating what they wanted from one another, what workers wanted from work, what employers wanted from employees, and how to make it work in this new world, this new world that is COVID. And look, I, I while I, you know, actually the Omicron variant didn't occur till after this podcast was recorded, but the Omicron, Omicron variant is evolving, and I think it's starting to get under control, certainly not completely under control, but it's evolving. And um, it's clear, I think it's clear, it's clear to me that we're going to be living with some form of viral awareness, COVID or COVID variant awareness for years, if not forever. Um it's just going to be part of our lives. Hopefully, something that will cause far fewer deaths, 
far fewer human misery, um, but it's certainly not something we're going to be able to take lightly or ignore. Uh, it's simply, I, I don't see it. Anyway, if that's the truth, if, if we're not going to, if, if, our world is forever changed, even if it's you know less severe than it has been in the height of the pandemic. If our world has changed, then workers' view of work and workers' view of work-life balance has changed forever as well. And employers need to view it differently as well because employers need to be able to afford to make money. But they also need employees. They need workers. They need blue collar. They need white collar. They need skilled. They need trained. There needs to become a middle ground for society, human beings, and human human being workers and human being employers to thrive. And that's kind of what Letitia and I discuss. And it's interesting because we start our conversation talking about vacations and holidays and the differences in, 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 for example, U.S. society and culture versus European society and culture. And then we evolve the conversation into one where we talk about, we call it the Great Reset, but really it's become what we call the Great Resignation. Employees quitting their jobs, employers desperately seeking help, and the need for that flux, for that pendulum to find equilibrium in order for for the society uh, to thrive. So Letitia and I explore all of that. And why is this important to you listeners? This is not a news show, but it's a a wellness show. And and all of us, or at least a heck of a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are workers or employers. And it's interesting to think about how can we find a new normal and a new workable middle ground for both employees and employers? So that's what we discuss. It's a great conversation. Without further delay, here's my conversation with Letitia Vito. So Letitia, thanks for returning to my podcast. I loved it so much the first time, Mitch. I just had to come back. Well, that's very nice of you to say. and. Since we're in the middle of complimenting each other, I mentioned this the first time you were on the podcast, but I'll say it again. I'm a huge fan of yours. So I'm like just a little New Yorker. You're 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 sitting in Germany, you're a French woman sitting in Germany, um, and very multicultural, very um very uh worldly in in your view of things. And I love reading your writings and that's kind of that's kind of what got me to invite you the first time i continue to read your writings and and i just think you're great so i'm really glad to have you back thanks um the thing that's that that spurred us to have this conversation was a little exchange that you and i had um i think it was on linkedin messenger and um we were just commenting on how starkly different Americans and Europeans view their personal time and view vacations. It started there and then it went much deeper. Um, But why don't we start there today? Um, Letitia, you're European. You probably look at Americans and think we're absolutely crazy with how we put work first in our lives. But I'd like you to share your perspective on that at a high level and we'll go from there. 
Sure. So yeah, viewed from Europe, I mean, we have this cliche about Americans that they're incapable of taking holidays and very few companies actually do have a a, a policy that will, you know, give um, their employees more than two weeks off or something like that. And and you told me before this recording that um, uh, at your firm, they call it a sabbatical when it's four weeks. And and for us, a sabbatical is a, a whole year off. I mean, for you, for Europeans, a sabbatical is like a very long stretch of times, and yeah. four weeks would not be considered a sabbatical because that's, right. that's just a regular holiday. So, just to give you some figures and facts across Europe, most European countries, and there are strong differences from one country to the next, but most European countries have uh, people have about between four and seven or eight weeks off every year. So that includes generally three or four weeks of holiday in the summer when you can really enjoy outdoors activities and travel. So lots of Europeans travel um, inside Europe and outside Europe, sometimes in their country, sometimes somewhere else. So you have like the Dutch. Um, the Dutch are very famous for their um they go camping. So they have, they, they, they drive, they are um, known to, you know, not, not to like to spend too much money. So yes, they, they are known to, for that. Exactly. And so, but they are everywhere and there's 16 million of them, but you see them everywhere in Europe during the summer. So it's like most of them, if not all of them are on holiday during the summer. A lot of them work part-time too. So they're just like, you know, traveling a lot and enjoying the outdoors. And then the Germans will have roughly the same time. The French have officially, everyone has a minimum of five weeks. So that's part of the law. No Mm -hmm. company can give less than that. Uh, And then there's some flexible additional time and there are lots of bank holidays. So all in all, if you count, I mean, the entire time off, you'll have six, seven or more weeks for each employee. And that's like the normal natural average. So they will not regard this as any, you know, as as, as special in any way. And the Mm -hmm. funny thing is, you know how Silicon Valley invented this unlimited holiday concept, which actually means no holiday or two weeks <laughs> in most <laughs> That's startups. Right. It's, it's, no a, it's one... a good headline, but but you exactly. better not take the time off. <laughs> the, you, you cannot take it if there is pressure, if there is social pressure or cultural pressure that, you know, you will just be viewed as, uh, as a super lazy person if you right. take more than the two weeks off that most people will take. And sometimes it's less. So the French, when they see that, they say, wow, that looks amazing. So they think, you know, it that would be like three months or four months a year of holiday, because for them, the the starting point is nearly two months. So it's just that there's this misunderstanding. It's really, really profound. And well, and, and, you know, it's, 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 it's as it's, as we started with the term sabbatical, right? Exactly. So, so the French see that Silicon Valley is given unlimited time off and they think they're going to work, you know, they're going to take three months off and, and, you know, we're Americans and we don't understand. Yeah. And we we always, it needs to be mandatory. Uh, And and that's what the French understood it for people to be able to take their holidays. There has to be some rigid element to it because Otherwise, there will be social pressure, there will be deadlines, there will be, you don't want to abandon your colleagues and co-workers and, and leave them with, a, if there is a, a crisis or a problem, you, you won't leave them alone and you will do your part. And 
it's very easy to never take time off. It's super easy. But when it's structured and rigid and mandatory and, you know, part of part of the system that, that protects employees, then you can and you will take this time off. Well, I also would imagine now I work in the U.S., I work in New York, which is just about as bad as anywhere. But I would also imagine that this concept of taking extended times off could create better um, teamwork and camaraderie because you don't want to leave your teammates with a load of a load of your problems and a load of your work. So there's this kind of concept of helping each other out, respecting each other's time off and supporting each other in, in taking that time off. I would think that that could actually build morale across the team. Definitely. It's also true about uh, parental leaves. So there is uh, mandatory maternity leaves and some paternity leaves, not enough yet, but some it's coming. Um, and and yes, it's something that the entire t- team will prepare for and, and get ready for and organize. And, and it involves a degree of, of preparation that, that, that you know, it can take a little bit of time and, and sometimes you need replacement. You need to hire mm-hmm. someone on a short-term contract to make sure that the workload will not be too big for the rest of the team. But also as far as uh, holidays, uh, I mean, summer holidays are concerned, it's just that the rest of society will slow down. So your customers, clients, whoever you work with, suppliers, Everyone is more or less um, in the same situation and things will just take a break and whatever you're working on, whatever project, you, you will just wait until, we'll just wait until September. Uh, in, in, in France, August is this month where practically no one works. The few who do have a very, very nice quiet time at the office because no one's around. They have no phone calls. They have very few emails. So it's actually good to to work in August because no one else does. And then they can take their holidays in September. And, and that's cool because they can escape the chaos that the month of September is in France and Paris in particular, because everyone at the same time will go back to work and, you know, start things where they stopped in, in, in at the end of July. Well, it's a, it's very interesting that you're describing that kind of cultural slowdown because for me personally, my you know, people talk about taking vacation, but like you said, there is a kind of this culture. If you take vacation, you're going to miss something, or, or you're expected to be kind of switched on even when you're away. My favorite times off are around national holidays, whether it's Thanksgiving or in the US, July 4th, or even Christmas holiday, because that's when everyone slows down and you actually feel like you can take some time. The problem going away Christmas time is you want to be with family. You don't want to travel and go on vacation. But the problem is, but, but the problem is it's that time, at least in the US, where you actually can feel a collective sigh of relief because everyone's doing it together. And I feel like Europeans have it right because they get a little bit more than just a couple of days around the holiday. 
Yeah, we have the same thing, and you're right. It's family time, and it's something that's it's a it's a ritual that's a national ritual. As it, in, in your case, the the Fourth of July really serves right. that purpose, where you have this moment that you share with everyone else, and you have no FOMO, no fear of missing right. out because, of course, no one else is no one else is working. And it's true that um, in our digital age. Uh, some of that um, relief that we used to have because everyone was on holiday is not quite as good as it used to be because mm-hmm. more people will stay connected, not everyone, but more. And there's always something going on online and there are more emails coming and That's right. more people interrupt their holidays to check on their emails on a regular basis, even in Europe, even though you know, they're not Americans, but they still, you know, they're, they're doing it more and more. And, and so there are uh, advocates like me who say, uh, be careful. You need that complete detox. You need to stop working for, um, and, and that will make you more productive when you go back to work. And the to overall, the total amount of work that you, of output that you will be able to do maybe higher even than people who never stop. So it's not a question of how much you work, but how you organize it so as to be super product productive in the times when you're not uh, in the times when you are actually at work. Well, it's not just long, it's not just productivity. I think it could also be longevity. Now I don't have any statistics, but I have read articles recently where life expectancy for Americans compared to the rest of the world is actually declining. And I think that this isn't just a matter of can you be more productive if you get some time to recharge your battery? This could be, you know, can you be well? Can you be more well taking the time off that you need to during the course of your career? There's definitely a correlation. And the highest life expectancies in, on earth, um, a lot of them are in Europe and a lot of them are in countries where people have long holidays. But it perhaps it's not that simple because there's that exception of Japan. Right. Uh, the Japanese work, I think, as much it will have as few days off as Americans do. So they, but it's they, also don't, the but they eat well. But they, they eat, eat better. Much exactly. better. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference. <laughs> the Fr- so the French and Italians take good holidays, but they also eat a lot of rich, amazing food. The Japanese work like crazy, but they eat rice and raw fish. So they <laughs> they've mm-hmm. got they've got that wellness aspect. Now, what we what we what I need to figure out, what Mitch needs to figure out, is how to take the holidays of the French. And eat like a Japanese, so I can live until 110. 120, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Letitia, here's the thing: we are actually at an interesting moment in our in our lifetimes, and perhaps in our history, because what I'm noticing here in America is there's an right now at this moment an incredible shortage of workers. I've never experienced anything like this. Every restaurant says, bear with us. Your service will be slow. We're short people. Um, At my employer, we're looking hard for talented people. Um, It's all a worker's market. The, The employers are struggling. I've read some articles that some people aren't sure why that is. They think perhaps there are too many unemployment benefits. They think perhaps that you know the sick and the 
number of people who died that took away from the workforce. But there's also this kind of like seedling of thought that people are reevaluating how to live their lives. What have you heard about that? So there's definitely some of that, but also perhaps uh, demographic explanations. We're just we're getting much older um, in, as, a, as a population. So in, in the US, a lot of people got an early retirement. And so it's like millions of workers off the market. And the same happens in Europe. A lot of people decided not to go back to work after the lockdowns and, and the, the pandemic and decide, okay, I'll just... Um, I'll, I'll just end my career now and and take some time off. Life is short. Um, I've seen other people die. I, ha- I I feel that in these times of uncertainty, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. And the bird yeah. in the hand is the, the time you enjoy now, not necessarily in the future. And so this this um, we kind of prioritize the now a little bit more than. We did, uh, and I think it's typical of times of crisis and pandemics. And you know, it's just like um, it's a huge difference. We used to probably, but I, I'm not. I'm not sure. It's it's it can be said about everyone. But what you call the great reset, <laughs> this mm. idea that um, that was my term. Like, that yeah, was my, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, what you call the, the yes. great reset. Yeah, yeah. It's a great expression. I think there's definitely some of that element. So m- fewer people will put up with the you know the alienation and the the lack of benefits and all of that because if the market gets a little bit better for workers then they will have more options and fewer people will accept those very bad deals where they have low pay lots of rigidity uh toxic management and no healthcare there's just no one around. So in some sectors, it, it's worse than others. Um, mm. All the part-time jobs that come with no healthcare, I think it's super hard to recruit even more than, you know, in other sectors. So I have read that you have this um, huge shortage of bus drivers to, yes. to drive children to, school. Uh, to and yes. from school. Exactly. And that's because it's 18-hour contracts, usually with no healthcare. It's not just badly paid. It's a lot of responsibility. If anything happens, you will go to jail. Yes. But you have no pay to compensate for that risk, for that responsibility, and no benefits like healthcare. So who would want that, right? It's just, uh, it's easier to be a truck driver than a bus driver, but there are too few truck drivers too. Right. So it's just, and it's everywhere. It's not just in the US. I think it's a, a it, this this shift that we're experiencing is leading to um, is leading more people to reconsider a, a lot of things, and because a lot of activities stopped, a lot of people started doing something else last year. Mm-hmm. And they will not go back to where they were. And so this um, kind of yeah shift um, creates more fractures and problems and shortages and bottle, bottlenecks here and there. And so it's a huge opportunity for workers to ask for more. And it's it's happening. Pay uh, a lot of in a lot of companies, pay is higher than it was a year ago or two years ago inequalities have started to decrease even in the US. 
between the richest. Uh, uh, so it's, it's from 10% to 10%. It's, it's how the it's top, measured. The top by, 10, exactly. the top the 10 top to the bottom 10. The top 10%, the bottom 10. And you've seen and that declining, that, that, that gap is closing. That gap is not closing yet, but not as wide as it was uh, a okay, year so, ago. Okay, so closing isn't time. so closing isn't the right word, but but not widening as as not, rapidly. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that's just. Um, I think it's a huge opportunity to reevaluate some of the some of the things that cause workers to be very miserable and to be. Uh, badly treated and 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 all of that. So you 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 spoke about customer service, and you said that yeah. a lot of restaurants and and a lot of um, wherever you go, people no longer have the customer service that they used to have. That's right. And you can't we, and, you, and you can't get you can't you know you used to, you know we're in a society where if you can afford it, you can buy it. Not true. You can't get yeah. cars. Can't get bicycles. I'm a photographer. I can't get camera lenses. I mean, so to me, and and that's not just, that's not just a matter of shipping or, or raw materials that's human beings and and a lack of human beings to keep the supply chains moving. Exactly. I mean, they slaughtered a hundred thousand pigs in the UK because there's then there are too few butchers. The meat will be lost. There are fruits there's fruit and vegetable rotting on the, in the fields because there's no one to pick them. So, but it's interesting because as consumers, we have been used to having everything the moment we need it. Moment uh, we need it. To, yep. Exactly. And, and this was based on human labor that was invisible, that was badly paid, etc. but it was made invisible to us. And suddenly it's being made visible. And what we are discovering is that in fact, we can wait for a couple more minutes. And sometimes we don't need a 24 hour delivery. We can plan a little bit ahead. And if we know, and if we see the, the, you know, this invisible worker who was behind us, the seamless service, we see that perhaps they don't need to be pressured that hard because we can, we could wait a little bit more, or we could pay an extra dollar, uh, or something like that. And we're, you know, we're seeing things um, in different ways. And there was this schizophrenic relationship between consumers and workers. You know, these workers had to be subservient and invisible for you as a consumer to have everything you need, the moment you need, and for as little money as possible. And and this schizophrenic relationship is becoming less schizophrenic as consumers are becoming more aware of what's behind that seamless service they took for granted. And, and workers who can have more money because they can ask for more realize that as consumers, they can spend a little bit more if that will help close the gap between workers and consumers or, or make the relationship less schizophrenic. Okay. Well, I'm not, I'm not an economist, so I'm not really going to be prepared to talk about things like inflation, but I do want to talk about the great reset, if you will, um, for workers and consumers. So Letitia, let's suppose that God willing, um, the pandemic becomes further and further in our past, let's say a year from now or two years from now. Um, let's kind of take out our crystal ball and think about what the, the, the pendulum might look like for, for workers and consumers um, once this reset kind of takes hold. 
So um, let's start with the workers, right? So um, will European workers work even less and, and, and U.S. workers work even less as well? And therefore, everyone's just working a lot less. What are your thoughts on that? Not necessarily, because um, in fact, work is very unequal, in, even in Europe. You have white collar workers who work too many hours. So, sure, they do have holidays, but you know they work too many hours the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. And then you have a majority of women, in especially of mothers in Germany, who work part time. A lot of whom would like to work more hours because they would they would be. Um, more independent financially, economically, if they had a little bit more money and they they need to work, but uh, the school system only works um, half half the day in, in Germany, so it's just uh, it's just not meant to support working moms, working mothers. Mm-hmm. So that's um, so so there's this this gap between people with too few hours and people with too many hours, and we haven't really managed to close that gap yet. The thing that's happening is that a lot of the part-time jobs for for which it was quite easy to recruit people, it's becoming harder to recruit them. Um, Service jobs and all the badly paid ones. And perhaps um, it will mean make offering a better package with more (laughs) hours and healthcare, for example. So (laughs) in the long term, Perhaps there will be fewer short part-time jobs that people don't want and more uh, jobs with the full package of benefits. That's one possibility. And Mm -hmm. and so work will be shared a little bit more evenly. I surely hope so because it's, it's not a sustainable society where you have people with too few hours and people with too many. And, And it's just that it creates a host of problems, um, for example, the gender gap is yes. one such problem. Yes. And it's very hard to close the gender gap when you have a system that encourages some workers to stay at home half the time mm-hmm. or to only work, you know, 15 hours a week. Um, and it's not sustainable because the people who have worked 15 hours a week and need the benefits of their spouse that also creates problems of domestic violence, of um, people staying or being trapped in mar- in bad marriages just mm-hmm. because they need the healthcare, um, this, you know, them, <laughs> things like that. So it's just so um, okay. So so what you're what you're pointing out, Letitia, is not everyone will work less. Hopefully, some of the um, less desirable jobs will offer perhaps even more hours, but with it more pay and more benefits. So people are encouraged to take those jobs. Is that right? Exactly. Exactly. So these low paid jobs will have more hours for those who wanted. Yeah, um, of course. And the those with too many hours who also find it hard to recruit. It's very hard to recruit engineers. It's very hard to recruit. I mean, you know, yep. <laughs> uh, all kinds sorts accountants. of accountants, yep. accountants, yep. lawyers, etc. And but these people may want to have fewer hours. Mm-hmm. So, for you as an employer to have more candidates, it might involve reconsidering the package as well. So, same benefits, perhaps, perhaps even less in in, in terms of. Um, pay. Um, it's, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that much when you or already, when you have um, a high pay grade, I mean, a That's few right. hundreds will not make that much of a difference, That's right. but paid holidays and, um, you know, uh, um, 
a whole organization where it's you, people not encouraged to work at night and, and not encouraged to, you know, like in, in, in consulting firms and, 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 and banking and all of that, where you have these worlds where people are expected to work for 50 or 60 hours a week. I, I'm, I'm quite convinced that it will be, it will get harder and harder to recruit candidates with that package, with that okay. offer. So, so, so crystal, the crystal ball of the, of the workers, let me summarize what I think I, you know, I just heard you say. Part-time, less desirable jobs will hopefully improve, offering more hours to those who need it, offering better pay, better benefits. So that doesn't mean less work. That, may, that means making a less desirable job a more desirable job. For the, for the crazy white-collar New Yorkers like me, it might mean um, a little bit more va- vacation time and a little bit less expectations that I'm available 24 7, 365, and a little bit less expectation that I am um, on call while on holiday. And, and, and I think what you're also implying is even if that comes at a small reduction in pay, it'll be well worth it to someone like me to have that work life balance. Do I have it right? Exactly. That's a Perfect summary. It's as much wishful thinking as it is a crystal ball, <laughs> because I I think we would we would gain so much uh, from reducing inequalities that way. But we're seeing signs of that happening a little bit um, we are. because um, in 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 as far as the U.S. market is concerned, jobs like bus drivers and 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 all kinds of um, part time jobs. For which it was quite easy to to find cheap labor. That's getting a lot harder. And either you have no one to do the job, or you might have to add in some benefits. You have to do something to attract them. Yeah. Likewise, likewise, what we're starting to see, just just starting to see, is you know, in the U.S., we're we're out of lockdown. We're we're basically. Um, have most of the freedoms that we had before, perhaps some masking and vaccine proof, but pretty much able to do our thing. Um, But what I'm seeing is employers saying, if if you didn't need to be in the office during the pandemic, you may not need to be in the office now. And so that start of providing the balance. Now, I haven't seen employers say, and you're getting two extra weeks vacation, and we're not going to expect you to return an email at eight o'clock at night. But that could be coming. That could be coming. That could be coming because it not only is is remote work uh, a true revolution when it comes to how much more flexibly you can organize your workday, but we were also seeing, it's not just a great reset, a great resignation with millions of people seeing that in fact, flexibility is not enough. They want less work. They want more free time and more time with their families. Some fathers, for the first time ever, spent weeks on end with their children at home. And that was like uh, this. And they actually enjoyed it. And they actually enjoyed it. And then, <laughs> and now they're being asked to spend no time at all with their children. And like, no, I don't want this. I could right. do with a little less pay because I'm a privileged, um, you know, I'm part of the privileged one, the richer, richest one percent. I could live with a little less money, but I want more time. And mm-hmm. and so flexibility is not enough. I mean, if you have flexibility, but you still have a workload that will take eighty hours a week. Um, doesn't, you know, it doesn't help much that you can 
take five minute breaks here and there. It's just the workload is too big. So Letitia, let's shift gears a little bit. So the last subject I wanted to cover is um, the impact on the consumers. So we've talked about the workers. Um, The consumers are feeling a, a pendulum right now. The pendulum is... Oh, you want you want a, a new car? You you might need to order it six months in advance. A lot of leisure activities. I'm, I like to take photos. I like to, to um, play golf. I like to ride my bike. Those are my three favorite activities. If I wanted a new bike or a new set of golf clubs or a new camera lens, I'm I may need to wait weeks. Where it used to be at my door the next day. Um. Is this a trend that we're going to have to learn to live with as well, Letitia, or is there some some happy middle there as well? I'm I'm not sure about that. I'm I'm not sure about how um, how permanent those supply chain crises are. I mean, they're called a crisis for a reason. Perhaps it's this because we've just gone through all these shifts and things need to be readjusted and and some supply chains will be modified and um, things may be relocated and et cetera. So we'll see what this looks like in a couple of years, but probably will not go back to what it was before with this expectation of having something immediate, instantly, exactly, this instant gratification, constantly instant gratification. And I think this has led also to a cultural change that perhaps we are reevaluating how important this instant gratification actually was. Um, We know that instant gratification is actually very unhealthy, very unhealthy for our brains, very unhealthy for us. Um, if you are hungry and you eat instantly, then there's no time for the, the feeling of being satiated to to come. So you'll eat too much. You'll have um, addictive, uh, you know, addictive behaviors. Yep. I mean, lots of there are lots of things that that are associated to instant gratification. Just too much consumption, too much mess in your home because you buy things so quickly and so easily, and then you have no space left. And it's no coincidence that Marie Kondo became popular, you know, before the pandemic, but still it's it's very much the same um, mindset that that leads more consumers today to challenge that. It's also traveling. We used to just hop on a plane and be yes. wherever we wanted. And suddenly there are borders. Suddenly there are places you, you're not allowed to go. And suddenly it's actually harder to book a plane ticket or you'll have more friction, more problems. <laughs> and in Europe, for example, more people are turning to trains because uh, trains are much more comfortable. And But it, it officially, theoretically, it takes longer to go from Munich to Paris uh, by train. It's a seven-hour Mm-hmm. seven, eight hour train ride, seven hour train ride. Mm-hmm. But there's no way I want to take the plane for such a short thing because that's a lot of trouble and it, I have to go to the airport and it's and, a lot and of some uncertainty and some, some uncertainty yeah. and mm-hmm. problems and you'll be treated like cattle at the airport. Yeah. And you, you yeah. know, whereas taking the train, it's the slow way, but it's slow and, and, and steady. And you know, and there are lots of, I think there are a lot of things like that where we just want to take it slowly more. We want to take it slow the way we didn't before. Well, it would be, it would be a little bit healthier. We all, you know, we all have spoken pre-pandemic about how life in the city in an echo go mentality may be exciting, but may not be healthy. 
And um, you're also describing in terms of consumers, Letitia, um, the same way we would describe young children. If you're a young child who gets what you want, when you want, when you want it, you turn out to be a spoiled brat. (laughs) And you don't know how to fend for yourself when your parents aren't catering to you. And I think you're saying the same thing to the rest of us adults in society, you know, where we may end up is we may end up in a position where we're not quite the spoiled brats that we were accustomed to being, where we had instant gratification. Exactly. That might actually be healthier for us all. Not just that, but it, it will make us happier for another reason. When you have no instant gratification and you have to wait a little bit, you, you want that thing more. You, you yeah. want it because, you know, it takes a little bit of time to get it. It's worth something. It will boost your desire. It may boost your libido. In fact, it may make you more. I was just going to tell, I was thing. just going to tell you that, that my wife often tells me you'll be happier if you wait a little bit. exactly waiting is it's true it's true for children it's true for 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 grown-ups waiting will make us value the things that we wait for a little bit more than if we have them immediately and they're worthless yep yep Letitia once again this has been a great conversation if I knew that my podcast listeners would listen for two hours I would keep going but instead what I'm going to do is end this conversation. Um, but I'm sure this isn't going to be our last conversation because we always have great things to discuss. We'll have new subjects to talk about <laughs> in the future. Thanks so much. Mitch. Thank you very much, Letitia. Take care. You see, I told you it was going to be an interesting conversation. And yes, I did record this a few months ago. And no, I did not think we were going to have an Omicron variant. I didn't think we were going to have something called the Great Resignation. I didn't think that everything I discussed with Letitia was going to become amplified, but it has become amplified. And I want to, you know, think about this as human beings. So, and most people who will listen to this podcast are workers, either white collar or blue collar, whether it's senior executives or or, or less less experienced staff people or less experienced um, associates or workers. Either way, we need workers. People, we you know, the society needs workers. Employers need workers. Workers need workers. Workers need to make money. But we maybe need to do it differently. And I'm not going to say what the right way is. What I'm saying is all of us, myself included, but us as listeners to this podcast need to think about, what do I want? What do I want from my job? What do I want it to provide for me today? What do I want it to provide? What do I want my job or my career or my career path to provide for me in, in the future? And how can I find that balance, that work-life balance? That it's a cliche, work-life balance. But how can I find balance in a new world where where the preciousness of life has been amplified, where the life is short kind of slogan has been kind of put on billboards? And how can we live in that world and find what works for us? So. No specific answers, but certainly food for thought. Um, thank you, Letitia, for joining me. Letitia's podcast, uh, Letitia's website is LetitiaVito.com, L-A-E-T-I-T-I-A-V-I-T-A-U-D.com. I will certainly post that in the 
notes for this um, podcast, but Leticia has a ton of writings. She's a podcast. Some of it is in French. A lot of it is in English as well. Um, check her out um, for more um, interesting insights and conversations. And for the rest of you in the meantime, the rest of you, for you listeners in the meantime, please do your best to stay positive through this this Omicron variant. Stay positive through the dead of winter, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere. And stay safe, stay healthy, and let's all get through this together in a way that works for everyone. So that's it. Take care, everyone. Have a great day.